that looks at generations and genders and how they relate to one another in today's society. So this is part two of our relationships episode. And when we left you, we were about to launch into Megan's relationship after you heard all about mine. I will warn you at the top of the podcast that we're going to talk about some adult topics that will likely get into some dark places. So Uh, recommendation is that uh, little ears are probably not appropriate for this episode. But we will leave the discretion up to you. Absolutely. So, Megan. So, um, Dad. Without, uh, well, let's see. Where do we, where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? Let's talk about your relationship. So, when did you start dating? Um, uh, <laughs> that's a uh, good question. I didn't really date. So I started my first relationship when I was 18. Yep. So um, I guess we start there. Okay, let's start let's there. Let's start with how. Well, let, let me ask you this. Before 18, were you interested in dating? Were you interested in relationships? Were you interested in. in yeah, but it was a whole bunch of rejection. Okay. So there were attempts. Oh, yeah. There were many attempts, many rejections. Okay. Because I, according to society and what most men think, I am a bigger woman. Okay. And uh, bigger does not equal beautiful. Well, I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is. But the guys I went after, let's face it, I went after assholes because, you know, I thought I deserved what they gave me. Anyway, that's a different episode. But um, so, yes. So 18 years old. Yes. You're launching into relationships. It was very unexpected. So for the purpose of privacy, I'm going to refer to my first ex as Paul. Paul. Okay. Let's talk about Paul. Okay. Well, I met Paul through a friend, which... uh, that in itself is kind of misleading. My friend met him on a dating app. Okay. And she wanted to go meet him and he wanted her to come to his house. And I was like, you're not going alone. Fuck yeah. that shit. Right. So I went with her and things transpired. Uh, long story short, um, about a week into knowing him, he um, he raped me. Yeah. Um, and then convinced me that he hadn't. What did that look like? What did that sound like to you? Okay. So first I'm going to explain how it started. And again, this is going to be an adult topic. Um, he, cause I was a virgin at the time. Right. And he said he wanted to show me what it felt like to have someone inside of me. Okay. And he said he was going to pull right out. I was like, okay. Um, He didn't. Right. And I kept telling him to stop, that it hurt, that I didn't want this. Right. And he just kept going. 
And afterwards I had a panic attack. Yeah. And he got mad at me for having a panic attack. And basically was like, well, you didn't fight me or anything. Like, cause I didn't like physically try to get him off because dude was like six foot nine. Right. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to get him off. So I didn't like physically fight him. It was all just words. And he was like, is your first time you were just nervous. You, it was natural that you said those things, all that kind of stuff. So he was able to convince me that he hadn't raped me. And then later on tried to convince me that that never happened, that I oh, just made it up. That's interesting. Yeah. That uh, was further on into the relationship because he knew that my memory isn't super good. Right. And for a while, he actually did convince me that I had just made it up. Um, Through therapy and everything, I had been able to resurface those memories as well as I had called my best friend right after. And she relayed to me that, no, this this happened. Anyway. So was she there in the house or were you... No. Um, okay. I went by myself that time. Got it. Okay. Because he was the first guy to show interest in me. Right. So I, I latched onto that. Right. And since he had taken my virginity, I, I felt like I had to be in a relationship with him. Like I convinced myself that I had feelings for him. Right. So do you find in talking with your friends, uh, you know, your, uh, your gender peer, not your gender peers, your generational peers, Mm -hmm. do you feel that you find that this is something that they relate to that they go, I, 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 unfortunately I have a few friends and I'm not going to name names, but I've had a few friends who have been raped. Yeah. It's. And that really makes me sad. The fact that I have so many people that can relate to this. Right. But. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's not fun. And it wasn't the last time he raped me, but also convinced me because we were in a relationship. It's not rape. Right. That is a lie. I'm just going to say that now. Absolutely. No means no relationship or not. Right. Rape is rape. Never let anyone make you feel like it isn't. Right. Or talk you into. Or talk, not being rape, right? Yeah. Or convince you. Because you. you get to decide that. Yeah. And, but also consent can be withdrawn before and during, not after, after is regret. So I will leave it up to your discretion. Yep. And I'm not trying to like downplay anyone's experiences, but. There have been a few people, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of people think, that people cry rape. Right. So what ended up, ended up happening with Paul? Um, oh, it was a situation. Um, so a few weeks into dating him, I found out from his roommate that he had a girlfriend in Germany who was coming to Utah because she had gotten an internship. Right. I also found out at the time that he had told my friend um, who... I'm going to call Lacey okay. um, that he had that he was basically weaning me off of him so he could date her while at the same date time. Lacey? 
Yeah, so he could okay. date Lacey, while at the same time telling me he was pushing Lacey away so he could date me. Got it. That was fun. She made the smart move and basically was like, fuck you, and stopped talking to him. And I was like, fuck you. But I wanted that confrontation. Right. I wanted him to know how much he had hurt me. Understood. And uh, that he was able to turn that around and convince me to let him stay in my life as a friend. Right. Quote, unquote. Anyway, so um, for Germany girl, we'll call her Beta. Because German. Um, so she came to Utah. Yep. Um, she lived with him. Yep. And I had told him flat out, I am not going to be a mistress. Right. I'm not going to let you... Or I'm not going to continue this relationship. Right. <laughs> that didn't last. Um, so why didn't that last? Because he was very good at manipulation and he made me feel bad for him. And you were easily manipulatable? No. Okay. It's not that. It's he was abusive. Yeah. Very mentally and emotionally. Okay. At the very beginning of our relationship, he had told me flat out that... Other men would not be interested in me because they would be able to sense my desperation for love and they would use me okay. and that he was one of the only good men I would ever meet. And he would tell me that over and over and over right. anytime I thought about like anytime I brought up leaving. Um, I also have some very high self-esteem issues. Right. And he would. Use those against you. Yeah. Like when I was feeling bad about like. Oh, you're not that fat or you're not that ugly. Like I, like he, <laughs> I those were things he told I'm, to I'm me. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because that is just, is ludicrous bordering on the obscene. Yeah. Um, um, I also deal with depression and anxiety and I have bulimia. Right. I've been fighting with that for... I don't even know how long. And he would also tell me no one else is going to put up with your shit. Right. So sounds like a great situation all the way around. Oh, it was so great. So uh, he ended up moving to Texas because he could no longer afford to be here. And he had a friend that was going to let him live there for free. Um, I ended up moving in with Betta yep. so that she could stay in the States and continue on with her internship. Plus, I wanted to move out. Right. So it seemed like, yeah, that was great. And we had both both basically broken up with him right. when he moved to Texas. So Paul was out of your life. Yay. No. Oh. No, he was not. We still texted and shit because he was like, I don't want to lose you as a friend, blah, blah, blah. And okay. me being the person I am, if you ask me to stay, if you tell me that you need me, right. I'm going to stay. So how did you get out of this relationship? I moved out of the apartment because six months into living with Betta, Paul came back right. and he lived with us right. and he and Betta actually got married. Right. And I hate to say it, but it was when they got married that I was finally like, I can't do this anymore. Right. Up until then I was still basically wrapped around his finger. Right. He could get me to do anything for him. And he was never physically violent. Although he had gotten close a few times, but I was able to be like, if but you hit me, I'm calling the cops. Sounds like a lot of mental abuse, a lot of emotional abuse, 
uh, regardless of whether, whether that was physical abuse or not, that doesn't matter. No, it was a very, very abusive relationship and it's, I'm still dealing with the ramifications today. Um, but I didn't see it as an abusive relationship. Like even after I got out, I was like, I should have done something. I should have walked away. I should have done this or that or this. And I was racked with guilt for years because I wasn't strong enough to leave. That is bullshit. People often ask people in abusive relationships, why don't you leave? Like, why don't you just leave? That's so easy, right? Yeah. Just just open the door and walk through it. Why don't you leave? It's not that easy. Yeah. Because they have their fingers and their claws hooked into you. Yeah. They use tricks and manipulations and sometimes they threaten you even. Right. And there are 110 reasons why people stay. And I'm going to come out and say this right now. You are not weak for staying. You are not wrong. It is not your fault. Never let your abuser make you feel like you are anything less than perfect. Because even your imperfections are perfect and you are worth more than that. Okay. Back to. um, So you moved out. I moved out. And. Well, actually, um, my second relationship comes into play while I was still living at the apartment. But we can talk about that after the break. Excellent. Let's go pay some bills. Awesome. Welcome back. We have paid our bills and we are going to get back into it. So let's get back into it. Uh, where we left off, left off. Yes. You had just moved out of the apartment with Paul and Betta. And you were, you said that there was another relationship that, that came in. Yes. Um, this was actually while I was still living with Paul and Betta because, uh, Paul introduced us. So that should have tipped me off that. It was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So, um, I want to say it was about six months or six or seven months into our year lease. And I was already planning on leaving when the lease was up. Right. Like I had firmly ended things with Paul finally. Uh, um, although that wasn't easy because I was around him every fucking day because he worked from home. Oh, good. So So he he was was there. Always there. And (sighs) mm, yeah, so that was fun. Um, But he introduced me to my second relationship. We're going to call him Jack. Jack. Uh, Jack is not from this country. Not from this country. Jack the foreigner. Jack the foreigner. Okay. Uh, Jack was How from, did Paul and Jack know each other? They met on YouTube. Oh, okay. Because this, Paul fancied I'm starting to really hate technology in this story, Meg. I'm just telling you that right yeah, now. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. Yeah, don't. 
meeting people online can be good, but it could also lead to situations like mine. So yeah. Use your cautionary tale. Yeah. Cautionary tale. Um, Paul fancied himself quite the singer. Yeah. And so he would post a lot of things on YouTube. That's actually how he met Betta too. Oh, interesting. Um, so, um, they hadn't talked for a while and Paul and Jack hadn't talked for a while, but then they recently started talking again. And Paul was like, Hey, I have this guy I think you'd like. And knowing Paul, I was like, the, Did the red flags what? not go off. No. Okay. Cause at that time, you were still in it. I was still kind of in it. And like, I was trying to be friends with him. Yeah. So that my last like six months in the apartment wouldn't be actual hell. Right. But. That had to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was definitely not easy, especially since he s- continuously tried to get me back. Right. Um, even after he introduced me to Jack. Yeah. Anyway, so Jack and I um, met I say met with air quotes because we Skyped. Right. Like it was me, Paul, Jack. And I'm going to say right now, Jack was very attractive. Right. Like Paul was, uh, but Jack was. Physically attractive. Physically attractive. Okay. And emotionally and personality wise attractive, or at least I thought. Um. So we started talking and um, about a month in, he said, I love you. And I said it back. Right. Did you? I thought I did. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was in love with Jack. Yeah. Um, but Jack was... He wasn't like Paul in the abusive sort of sense. Right. But he was a user. How so? Jack did not have a job. Okay. And he lived with his parents. Okay. Which Paul, which Jack did not so like. There's some financial. Yes. And he was constantly complaining about not being able to get a job because he thought he was blacklisted okay. in Canada. Um, all these woe stories of like, so there's an emotional manipulation going on there. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he's aware that he does it. I don't think that it really matters. No. Anyway, but I felt, I felt for him Yeah. and being the person I am and the fact that I thought I loved him. Um, two months in, we discussed getting married. Okay. So that he could become a U.S. citizen. Right. And could come down. And yeah. So it was fun. I also paid for a lot of his shit. But that's. <laughs> you have a big heart, Meg. Yeah. It's gotten me in some trouble, but yeah, it it's has. not something I would change. I wouldn't change it either. Anyway. So basically, um, Paul said he would help me pay for Jack to come down. Right. Did he? He gave me like a hundred bucks okay. to play, pay for um, a plane ticket yep. 
But so about three months in, we, well, I flew him in right to um, Utah yeah. for three months because I wanted to spend as much time with him as I could. Right. And um, again, I was all in and I was like looking up like the paperwork we'd have to sign to make this official. I was looking up like courthouse weddings and stuff like that. Like I was all in because I thought he was too. Right. And he wasn't. Um, but he, yeah, while he was down here, I paid for everything. Because- so, so I want to ask Meg, because again, we're, we're trying to look at this through, generational and gender lenses, mm-hmm. right? So you've had two relationships. Both of them started online. Well, actually, no, first one with Paul started. In, well, it did start online. Right? Yeah, because your I friend, just wasn't the one who initiated right. it. Right. So both started online. Um, you know, one, uh, the one with Jack was majority online. Um, yeah. You know, I, again, I said, I, I'm starting to hate, really hate technology. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to, you know, just sit here and and say that that's that's to blame. That, no, that said, do you think yeah. there's a there's a you know a contributing factor there? Yeah, I I think, think there is um, because technology um, does make it easier to embellish yourself. Right, you can lie. You can lie, or you can. And I think you can manipulate. I mean, ghosting. Right. That's, that's yeah. manipulation, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, creating drama or creating, um, mystery. Right. I, yeah. mean, I remember one of your friends, um, was, you know, ghosted numerous times and she just, she'd go after, I mean, she would just obsess about them. Right. Why is this person ghosting me and, 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 and feeling like it was her fault. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my counselor, her was, why are you even giving this person a second thought? Right. I mean, you're, you deserve better than that. Yeah. Right. But she didn't believe that. No. And, and again, I'm not going to say that that is new with your generation. I think that's, we, you know, the genders have had insecurities all the way through. Mm-hmm. I just think now in today's society with technology, it's easier to manipulate and pick on those and, and, uh, heighten or not heighten, but, you know, abuse those insecurities. Yeah. Because again, you have some kind of eminent an- anonymity. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> there are just some words I can't say. But, um, yeah, because before technology, like, it was more of a face-to-face thing. Like, you couldn't, like, just ghost someone unless you decide to move, like, states. Right. Ghosting was much harder. Yeah. But nowadays, you can just stop texting them. Yep. You can disappear. You can disappear. Yep. And, unfortunately, a lot of people have taken that into their... A lot of people do it now, right? Which freaking sucks. But so what ended up happening with Jack? 
Oh, um, things ended badly, and uh, he is still in Canada, as far as I know. Um, I really don't care to know. Right. Um, my relationship with Jack wasn't nearly as bad as it was with Paul, but it wasn't good by any it means. Wasn't healthy. No, I spent approximately like two to three thousand dollars on him in the six months and we were expensive. together. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah. So. I haven't had good relationships and that sucks. But at the same time, and it's taken me a while and lots of therapy to get to this point, but I have learned that I can share my story with others. Yep. That's important. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me more aware of, the signs yeah, that someone may be in this kind of situation. And because I've been there, I don't want to say I'm better equipped to help, but unless you've been in an abusive relationship, it's really hard to truly understand. Absolutely. I, I can't agree with you more. So I, I want to share my story. I want to, because abusers are, they make you feel so much guilt or it's like always your fault. Yeah. Cause you didn't leave. You didn't tell them to stop. You kept coming back. And there's so much guilt and shame associated with being in an abusive relationship. You never want to admit that you're in an abusive relationship. No, you don't. I mean, there's there's so much stigma attached to that. And there's so much shame attached to that. And yeah. So much. I mean, because you're you you are Meg, Meg, you are a beautiful, bright, uh, you know, capable, strong young woman. Thank and, you. Um, you know, to sit there and, and think. I'm in an abusive relationship starts to go counter to all those things. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how tough that is. Yeah. I still have nightmares about Paul so, and Jack. Do you so. remember the day I, I took you uh, to in our house? I took you to the, the hall bathroom in front of the mirror and I made you look into it and I said something to you. What, what did I say to you? I honestly can't remember the words, but it was basically the long lines of you are worth it. Yeah. You are so much more than what these people have made you feel like. And that was one of the first times I was able to look at myself in the mirror without crying. That was one of the first times I was able to look at the mirror and like what was staring back at me. As your dad, mm-hmm. I'm so pr- very proud of you for that. Um, this has been hard. This has been a hard episode for me. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to be strong and stoic. It's, it's, it's hard. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a parent of someone in this situation. Because you, you want to protect your children. 
and you want bad things to never happen to them. Um, and then when you hear that bad things have happened to your children, yeah, you, you, you wonder what could I've done to stop that? And what I realize is all I can do, the, the best thing I can do is continue to, to love you mm-hmm. and continue to be there for you yes. and to listen mm-hmm. and to ho- hopefully offer some advice. Um, I am very proud of you, Megan, for sharing your story today. I think that um, if there's one person out there that this helps, that's all that matters. It really is. And so, um, again, this is a conversation, and I think this is an important one. And I would love to hear your comments and your thoughts, um, especially the parents out there, your kids are going through this right now. And I think uh, it's made even more dangerous um, and possibly more prevalent than we all think it is because of the ability to utilize technology. But it's not just technology's fault, right? It's, um, we've, we've got to ask more of our kids. Um, and I want to jump in and say a few things. One, it doesn't matter where you start the game. All that matters is where you finish it. The game is going to have twists and turns and you're going to lose a turn or you're going to be sent back a few, like a few spaces, but that doesn't matter. You keep playing the game and it may be hard and you may want to stop sometimes, but when you finish that game, it feels so good. Um, I also, as a child... To the parents. This is not something easy to talk about, especially with your parent, because either you don't necessarily have the best relationship with your parents, you don't feel like they may understand, or if you're like me, I already felt so much guilt about not leaving and about quote unquote, letting all of this happen to me that I didn't, I couldn't deal with the guilt of knowing that I had put my parents through this too. And that is not something you should be worried about. You You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody. And even if it's not your parents, there are, talk to somebody, a friend, there are like hotlines out there. There are a lot of resources. You need to talk to somebody because it is not your fault and it will never be your fault. Nope. And I want everyone out there to know that if you're in an abusive relationship, it's hard to see it. Like I didn't see it, but almost everyone around me did. Yeah. My parents, my sister, hell, even my friend, what did we call Lacey. her? Lacey. Lacey. Even my friend Lacey, who I met this guy with, saw it. And yeah. everyone tried telling me, get out. 
It's the cycle of shame, Meg. I it mean, is. It, it's it's insidious. Sorry, insidious. That's it. And um, I also thought I was in love yeah. with Paul, yep. which also added a level of, but I love him. Yeah. So this is okay. It's never okay. It's never okay. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, again, you can find us uh, on Apple, uh, Google Play, Spotify, tune in, uh, hopefully someday iHeartRadio. Uh, <laughs> but uh, please let us know uh, what you're thinking about. Again, we have a Facebook page, Gen Gapcast on Facebook. Or you can email us at info at Gen Gap. Sorry. Info. Yeah, it's info at yep. gengapcast.com. You got it. Or our website, www.gengapcast.com. Uh, please leave a review uh, and subscribe to our podcast. We want to get uh, our audience uh, to be, you know, far reaching. And uh, but for those of you who are listening to us, um, we thank you. And we thank you for giving us some of your time to listen to what we have to say. So I'm Wade. I'm the dad. I'm Megan. I'm the daughter. You're all extremely strong and beautiful. And thank you for listening. We love you all.